Jody Vance in for Mike Smith. Time to talk a little bit about tomorrow's massive midterm elections in the United States. I, you'd have to be living under a rock to have not seen a million ads over the last number of weeks, certainly uh, even months. I uh, want to talk through the perspectives of what has been uh, unfolding there, but a little audio first here from the current duly elected not stolen president. Here's Joe Biden on exactly what is on the table tomorrow in the midterms. This election isn't a referendum. It's a choice. It's a choice between two fundamentally different visions of America. I've said from the beginning, my objective when I ran was to build an economy from the bottom up and the middle out. And I tell you what, it's a fundamental shift it's working compared to the mega, mega Republican trickle-down economics. And the uh, mega, mega Republican POV has been pretty consistently coming from this next soundbite's source. This is Kellyanne Conway talking about how she expects a good Republican night on Tuesday. People feel like they're drowning economically. They're looking for pockets of air. This is why you're going to have a good Republican night on Tuesday. And I think it's going to be a governing majority and a realignment for Hispanic voters and female voters who say, I gave the Democrats a chance. They've just ignored me. Ignoring the will of the voters and insulting half of the country is no way. I think, look, I think that the Democrats have enraged people. That's their strategy. Republicans have engaged people. That was Kellyanne Conway, and this is a very recognizable voice, the 44th president of the United States. Here's what Barack Obama says is up for the midterm elections. Midterms are no joke. Sometimes we get so so focused on the presidency. But I am here to tell you that our democracy works as a team sport. A president can't do stuff alone. That's not how our system is set up. Let's talk more about what might be unfolding over the next 24, 36 hours. We bring in Global News Washington correspondent Reggie Cicchini to the program. Hi, Reggie. Good morning. Good to speak with you. There's so much to unpack here. Where should we begin? Well, I mean, look, we can start at the general state uh, of the race in that it is still a heavily unknown what is exactly going to play out here uh, tomorrow. And in that bite that you heard from Kellyanne Conway saying that, you know, Republicans really do believe that they are going to walk away with a victory here on Tuesday. It is historically not an inaccurate thing to say, because oftentimes in midterms, uh, the vote swings in the opposite direction of the person that is sitting in the White House. So historically on the trends, Republicans should be the ones to walk away with victory on Tuesday, whether it's in the House or potentially in the House and the Senate. But there are a lot of tight races right now, and this has not been the cakewalk Republicans have thought that it was going to be. So it really is up in the air just what we are going to see. There are a lot of close races. There are a lot of states that are being watched on. And because there's no president on this ticket, it's almost difficult to try and figure out which state is the one that needs to be watched. Right. So it's it's almost a head spinner for political nerds who like to follow along and what's happening. And, you know, we're Canadians. It does impact us in this country what happens south of the border, because uh, inevitably when I talk politics with you, Reggie, somebody will send me a note saying, why do you care? You're not. But we, we have to be cautious and, and co- conscient 
conscious of what is happening south of the border because we are partners in so much on a global scale. What what do we see unfolding in, in terms of if it's if it is the red wave versus the blue tsunami? I mean, they're they're both of these. Um, I don't even know stances being forwarded. You and I have talked about this before. You see Michael Moore, for example. Here is somebody who, when Donald Trump was running for president, and everybody thought there's no way that a reality TV show host is going to end up president of the United States. And then Michael Moore kept saying, he's going to win, guys. He's going to win, guys. Michael Moore has a substack going right now where he is saying everybody needs to stop consuming the polls and the media because it is going to be a very different election. And he's mostly pointing to the fact that Roe v. Wade is on the ticket and women are going to come out in droves and particularly young women who perhaps weren't voters before. I do think that that is um, that is a possibility here. Uh, and, and especially when it comes to polling, uh, you know, we've had two election cycles uh, with botched results. So it really is kind of hard to grasp onto the accuracy uh, of these polls that are going to either predict this red wave or this red tide or this blue tsunami or even just kind of a blue trickle here. Um, so, you know, you kind of have to, to take these polls with a grain of salt. Uh, but what Michael Moore uh, is saying in, in this substack is actually being repeated by some other Democratic strategists uh, throughout the day today, some of them who worked uh, on the Clinton campaigns. And they're looking at things like the early voting numbers, Jody. 41 million people have already cast a ballot. That breaks a record when it comes to midterms. Uh, And some of these strategists suggest that that could actually suppress the Republican vote. It could force some Republicans to simply stay at home because they themselves believe that the election system is rigged. Obviously, you know, that's an unknown. We won't know, you know, until either tomorrow or some days or weeks in the future when the votes are eventually cast here. Uh, But I think on the flip side, there is also a possibility here that there is a hidden Republican vote. You know, the polls haven't really been able to capture the entire landscape. Oftentimes, certain groups are left out. So while Democrats are kind of hoping or holding on to this belief, hey, maybe we are going to be able to keep at least a portion of Congress in our hands. There is also a real possibility here that Republicans say, well, look, all we need are a couple of seats to win. And when it comes to, as you mentioned, this, you know, how does this impact Canada, the U.S.? Well, think about it. If Republicans have some kind of strong grip on the legislative agenda in the U.S., that could do things like put protectionist policies in place. And all of a sudden now this does have a trickle up impact towards Canada. At the end of the day, There is a lot of unknown heading into tomorrow. So much at stake. Let's talk a little bit, Reggie, if you don't mind. We're with Reggie Cicchini, Global News Washington correspondent. If you don't mind, give us us some perspective on some of the the bigger races that have been capturing the headlines. You know, the Dr. Oz versus Fetterman, the, the Warnock versus Walker, you know, the Pennsylvania and Georgias that have been the key battleground states. We've learned so much about U.S. politics over the last number of years. Give us a little bit of the Coles Nose version on what you see happening in, in those battleground states. For sure. And if we look back to just the 2020 election, uh, Pennsylvania and Georgia played key roles in what went down for a Biden win, along with a Democratic um, uh, majority when it came to the Senate. And these two states potentially hold a ticket at least to the Democratic majority or at least kind of things staying on that 50-50 split. 
uh, between both parties again when it comes to the Senate. In Pennsylvania, this is uh, John Fetterman. This is the Democrats' pick, uh, a man who has suffered a health setback with a stroke earlier this year that Republicans have really seized on to say that he is not strong enough to be able to be in that position. Uh, to put somebody like Dr. Oz up, Dr. Oz, somebody who is obviously from New Jersey, who you know rarely even lives in the state of Pennsylvania, but has the backing of uh, former President Donald Trump. John Fetterman and Dr. Oz are in a neck and neck, um, you know, statistically tied race right now uh, and flipping one to, you know, if, if Democrats take that, that could potentially give them uh, a bit of a lift when it comes to what takes place in the Senate. But the other way to look at this is in Georgia, Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. Obviously, Warnock is the incumbent in this race. Herschel Walker is a very flawed GOP candidate that much of the Republican Party is trying to back itself away from. This could wind up in a Senate runoff race where the determination is not made until December. And if all of a sudden we have someone like former President Donald Trump putting his toes into the 2024 race today, tomorrow, sometime in the next couple of weeks, if that goes to a runoff, that could further suppress Republican votes with Democrats coming out in droves in Georgia later this year in a runoff, which could again give the Democrats the possibility of retaining the Senate. It doesn't do much when you have a split government in Washington, but at least it would give Democrats control of the White House and one chamber. Those are simply two races. Arizona's a race to watch. Michigan is a race to watch. New York is a very close race to watch. All of them could have an impact on the control that the Democrats are able to keep or build upon in the next couple of years. Jody Vanson for Mike Smith, continuing my chat with good friend Reggie Cicchini, our Global News Washington correspondent, talking about the midterm elections happening tomorrow in the United States. Uh, a big day, Reggie, for, for so many in the U.S., but it feels bigger than almost ever before, which midterm elections typically, do they not typically fly a little more under the radar than what we're seeing in 2022? They do, uh, typically, uh, because there's not a president uh, on the ticket. And while they will go out and stump for candidates, this is kind of the highest level on the ticket is the Senate or the House race. And then it trickles down to the dozens or hundreds or thousands of other things that people uh, are voting for. Uh, you know, one thing to remember, kind of an off the side thing, uh, you know, there's a lot of positions that are uh, up for vote across the United right. States uh, in in, in uh, Harris County, where Houston is. The, the election ballot is 22 pages long and you're voting for things what? like coroners and sheriffs uh, and district attorneys. So there's a lot at stake in these midterm elections. When you're voting on a 22-page ballot, Reggie, do you have to fill out every column to, to, to the degree, or can you just go in and vote for the one person you know? I mean, you can vote any way that you want. So, uh, you know, if you're voting just for a senator and you want to leave the rest of your, right. your ballot blank, I mean, that, that would be up to you. But at the end of the day, it goes to show just how many political positions there are in the United States sure. that might not be political somewhere else, like the sheriff or like the coroner. Totally. But it, it's not a spoiled ballot if you don't try and find your way through all 22 pages, because that might be incredibly intimidating for some. Yeah, absolutely. It wouldn't be a, a spoiled ballot, uh, but it does go to show that there are um, a lot of things that are riding on these ballots that go far beyond just the kind of political impacts at the highest level when it comes to how federal law uh, may play out. But, you know, like you had mentioned right off the top here, there is a lot at stake here. And these yeah. are getting more uh, kind of focused right now because of the political climate around the U.S., whether it was the decision to overturn Roe, whether it is a fear for uh, U.S. democracy after what took place uh, on January 
January 6th. There are a lot of reasons that people are going out to vote, but there potentially are reasons that people are not going out to vote, whether it's they don't like the candidate or they don't trust the system. That's what's making it so difficult to try and figure out exactly what might take place on Tuesday. I always find it very interesting when watching. I try and watch all the cable news outlets down there and get a feel for what everybody's talking about, listening to all of the the stumping and rallies and what have you and try and and it's interesting to listen to how the rhetoric about it all being rigged and stolen and what have you is is starting to grow from the Republican sides or the Trump rallies or the rallies that we see where Donald Trump's going out to endorse a candidate or what have you. And yet it's a if if the Republicans win, it's not rigged. But if the Democrats win, it is rigged. Is that it feels I don't hear the I don't hear the Democrats saying that the elections are anything but fair, safe, democratic and effective. Yeah, and look, we've we've heard this before. We heard this in 2016. We heard this in 2020 uh, that the election is rigged before it is even held. That is ultimately what led to what took place on January 6th with the sacking uh, of the U.S. Capitol. This belief that if Republicans lose, uh, that the system must be turning against Republicans and Democrats somehow were able to go forward and, and and you know kind of quote unquote steal an election, even though it's bogus and it has been debunked repeatedly. Uh, you know, it, it it simply just a reality uh, amongst the political landscape here, which is why Republicans say if they win, they are going to do things to try and do oversight and investigation into election security to ensure that, you know, Republicans don't find themselves in this kind of losing position here. But it also then speaks to what Republicans may also want to do if they find themselves in a majority, which could be uh, just a series of investigations or a potential series of impeachments here. And we really could be in for a wild kind of investigative ride for the next two years if the U.S. finds itself in a position of being controlled at least partially by Republicans. So let's swing it the other way. If there is the unexpected blue tsunami, um, will we see uh, Roe v. Wade codified? Will we see the end of gerrymandering so that you can map out in counties and states to to lean in, in one direction or the other or the filibuster as well? Well, I mean, look, the filibuster is going to be ultimately what stands in the way of Democrats trying to do anything. And that's because you need 60 votes for something to pass in the Senate to get some kind of reform done. Uh, Democrats have had the, the Senate for two years with their 50 plus one with the vice president. They chose to not get rid of the filibuster because they weren't able to overcome some uh, internal fighting within their own party, namely with right. uh, the senators from West Virginia uh, and from the U.S. Southwest, Kirsten Cinema. The form, the president right now has said if Democrats win, uh, codifying Roe will be the first thing to do. The only way to do that, though, will be to get rid of the filibuster and pass it with a simple 50 plus one uh, majority. They can try to right. do that. The problem is that they run the risk of if they lose the Senate in a couple of years, uh, then they potentially find themselves in a position of Republicans then passing whatever they want on a 50 plus one. So it's a delicate balance that Democrats are going to try to do. But at the end of the day, the party, the president, the leaders of the parties have said if there is some form of democratic stronghold that they are going to do what they can to protect not only the rights of Americans uh, when it comes to how they live their lives, but the rights of Americans when it comes to how they uh, want to carry out a vote. Um, there's a lot riding for Democrats here. Republicans, mm -hmm. obviously, they say there's a lot riding for them as well, especially when it comes to things like the economy. Both sides are going to say, here's what we are going to do for you. It's very different, though, when they've actually won to see if they're able to actually carry it out. 
actually get it done. I've only got 30 seconds here, Reggie. And one of the things I worry about with you, my colleague, my good friend, uh, when the, you know, the riots at the Capitol, uh, that was terrifying. Are you concerned about security and safety for tomorrow where you are in Washington or elsewhere in the U.S.? Well, look, there's always going to be a concern, especially over the last couple of years of how, uh, you know, there's a potential for violence, whether it's in the U.S. or at polling stations around the country. There has been an increase in security, not just here in D.C., but right around uh, the United States. I think there is always a risk here, especially with the rhetoric that's pushed out across social media. Uh, you know, best thing for, for people to do is to just kind of keep aware uh, of the surroundings uh, around you. But at the end of the day, there is a kind of a hope here that this is going to be a problem-free vote on Tuesday. Again, another one of those unknowns. We won't know until it's happening. Reggie Cicchini, thank you for this. I appreciate you and your perspective.